Hey everyone, welcome to Taking the Pulse, a healthcare podcast. I am Heather Hoops Matthews here with Nexon Pruitt healthcare attorney, Dara Coleman. And Dara, as a counselor, I am sure it's common for you to see the value of clients who plan ahead. Today's topic is definitely something you would want to think ahead about. Absolutely, but it's not something that we want to talk about necessarily, and that's the donation of organs and tissue, Um, but it's something that's so important. I think I've shared with you off camera um, how even when we think there's no hope or or no usefulness that there actually can be, and um, I had an inspirational experience happen with one of my beloved pastors um, years ago who had undergone a valiant fight with cancer, and as his wife was leaving the hospital, she received a call that Um, she didn't expect could even be received, that um, there was a usefulness for her husband's eyes. And that's really what he was known for, his um, beautiful, sparkling eyes. And so after she and her four children thought about it and prayed about it, they were happy that there was something that he could give and could share. And so as we have gone through the pandemic and we've talked so much about loss of life, it's great that we can think about something beautiful that can come from um, hard times. And it's great that we have two guests who can share with us a gift of hope and life. Yes. Up next, we are going to be joined by Dave DeStefano and Christine Neal of We Are Sharing Hope South Carolina. So stay with us for Taking the Pulse. Welcome back, everyone. Please join me in welcoming to Taking the Pulse, Dave DeStefano and Christine Neal of We Are Sharing Hope South Carolina. Dave is the president and CEO, and he has invested more than 20 years into organ and tissue donation. Same is true for Christine. She has served in communication roles for transplant entities in both South Carolina and Florida. It's great to have you both with us today. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Of course. Dave, will you kick us off by explaining what your team does at We Are Sharing Hope South Carolina? Yeah, it'd be my pleasure. Um, We Are Sharing Hope South Carolina is the mission-based nonprofit organization that is responsible for facilitating the gift of organ, eye, and tissue donation at the end of life. We walk our families through the end-of-life journey, and we try to work with them to help them um, leave this wonderful legacy of life and to save others through this miraculous gift. Christine, um, this is a topic that I would imagine is very difficult, you know, for people to have and and might make them a little nervous and uncomfortable. How do you convey the benefits of organ and tissue donation? Absolutely. It is a very difficult decision, and we know that, and we know that when we are speaking with our families and supporting them, it is most likely the worst day of their life. So um, we work very hard um, through empathy and compassion to ensure our families, our community, um, that this gift of life is an amazing ability to provide a second chance for those who are waiting and also leave a legacy for those heroes who are no longer with us and and give them an opportunity to let their story be told. So it's through compassion and empathy that I think this message really has its strongest ability to inspire people. Dave, what percentage of South Carolinians are currently signed up uh, to be donors? How do we compare with other states? Well, I, I think in a, like in a lot of things, South Carolina is doing well. Uh, we have about a 54% registration rate, which means about 54% of South Carolinians have registered themselves to be organized and tissue donors at the end of life. 
That's above the national average. And we're gonna to continue to work with our community to inspire them to consider this option and consider this wonderful opportunity at the end of life to leave a legacy and to help others live on. That's impressive. I'm glad to hear that. That's very national average. That's right. That's very impressive. Well, I wonder what has influenced that. Um, Christine, do you think that medical dramas and other television shows might have influenced how people feel about organ and tissue donations? That's a great question. And it's one that we discuss um, quite often, actually, in our office, because they are abundant. Uh, medical dramas are. <laughs> right. So we want to make sure that the message that they're sending is a um, is a clear one and a correct one. So we actually have ambassadors in our community who work with um, the TV production companies and uh, to try to make sure that the message is consistent with what actually happens. So as we've seen over the years, um, the message has gotten a lot better about being um, true to form, but we still hear, you know, oh, well, I saw it on Grey's Anatomy, so it must be true, and um, (laughs) most likely it's not, so I do um, encourage our community to do their research. They can visit our website, sharinghopesc.org. It has some great resources for information. Um, It explains the process a little bit more and um, breaks it down so that you can have that conversation with your families and make sure that you're sharing your decision um, and that that decision is known if ever that were to come up. But um, yes, uh, television dramas do put the conversation out in um, the public eye, which is really great. We want to make sure that people are talking about it. We want to make sure that they're aware of Um, you know, organ donation, and that most likely when they go to the DMV, they will be asked, would you like to be an organ donor? But um, more so, we are sharing Hope SC is here to um, provide that information and that education about how you can register, what that registration means, and then the amazing gift that donation actually is. Dave, kind of a a two-pronged question following up on what Christine just said, because I remember when I moved to South Carolina in 94, that's when I learned I had the opportunity to be an organ donor. And I was like, well, why wouldn't I, right? Because I'm not going to use them afterwards. Um, And so if you would explain to those listening and watching, you know, what is the process? And then also the second prong of the question is, for the families of recipients, like what kind of support is, or I guess families on both sides, quite frankly, what type of support is available for them? I'm happy to talk about both those. So our organization will get a call um, when a patient is in a very critical situation and they believe death is is near. We will respond on site and begin to support the family through this process, walk them through that end of life journey. Those families that have said yes to donation or those patients who've registered themselves for this precious gift will then be put into our care and we will care for those patients for a period of time until we can get those recipients ready and uh, waiting for their precious gift. Um, that process can take a little time. And we, we, what we do is we never leave the family side and we won't leave the patient side throughout the duration. And then once those recipients are, are ready, uh, we will begin to uh, recover those organs and get them transplanted and give, them, give those recipients the life, the second chance that they've been waiting for. Um, and it doesn't end there. Uh, once someone is a donor family, and I'll even be very honest about this, that, that whether a patient's able to donate or not, once they say yes to donation, they become part of We Are Sharing Hope SC's family. 
We will continue to care for them. Um, they are part of our, our, they'll be part of our aftercare program. We'll offer programs to help them communicate with each other and support them through some of the difficult times and offer them resources to continue in their grieving process. And we feel pretty comfortable that over time, the ability to donate and leave a legacy beyond the life um, helps with their grieving process. And so we will, we will never leave their side once they say yes, and we'll stay with them for as long as they want us and as long as they need us. Um, we do have uh, uh, opportunities available also for the donors to meet the recipients as well. And that's a process that we, that we can also offer those families when people are ready and when it comes time. That's great, you know, to, to have a better understanding. Um, Christine, I think there are probably a lot of myths out there about organ donation and, and tissue donation and the process itself, which um, Dave just helped clarify. What would you say is the leading misperception out there that you would like to clarify for those who are listening in um, today? Sure. Thank you. Um, absolutely. And, and that's really what we serve to do is to um, provide answers to those questions that people have. Um, we do know, like I mentioned, it is a personal decision. Um, and I would say probably one of the most um, leading questions we get asked is, um, you know, if I put this on my driver's license and something were to happen to me, um, how can I be sure that the care I receive in the hospital is um, that those workers are save working to save my life? And the answer to that is absolutely. Those first responders are there to save your life. Um, they are are not the entity that actually checks the donor designation registration. So they don't even know if a person is registered or not. That's not what they're concerned with. They really um, are focused on making sure that all life-saving efforts have been exhausted. Um, only at that point in time as um, that has been exhausted is when We Are Sharing Hope is able to support the family. And um, at that point, we work with the hospitals as well as the families to ensure that there is a conversation with the family and, and the ability to um, continue that support after that patient has passed away. So um, I would encourage people to, to understand that, you know, the entity that when you are admitted to the hospital, um, that is a separate entity from We Are Sharing Hope. And so when we're able to support the family, um, that's when a legacy is being able to be given. You know, I've actually heard that myth before. So I'm glad that, that you pointed that out. And, you know, I think people um, are nervous when they think that they might be hastened along. So thanks for clarifying that. That's important, Christine. Absolutely. What if somebody listening and watching this already has their driver's license, but now is thinking, yeah, maybe I should consider this. Like, what do they do? Um, so that's a great question because what we want people to know is that they don't have to wait to go into the DMV to register. Um, they can visit the state registry at donatelifesc.org and um, they can make that decision there. It takes about three minutes and through that site, they're also able to let their family know and send an email and say, hey, I just want to let you know I've registered to be an organ eye and tissue donor. Um, iPhone users can also use, um, put it in their iPhone app, in the health app. So that's a way, um, but really also just have the conversation, um, you know, make your decision known, designate that on the registry, and then let your decision be known by your family is really important because they're the ones that we'll be working with in the hospital if that decision has to be made. Which is important. Um, 
to both of you, are there certain organs that are in greater need than others? And how old do you need to be um, to make that decision? Yeah, well, anyone can be an organ, eye, and tissue donor um, and, and can certainly register themselves for this precious uh, opportunity, this precious gift. Um, you know, all organs are, are needed. And so I would tell you that, that there's, a, there's a, a similar need for every organ um, every time. And so our goal is to try to work with families to, to let them understand this at the end of life and uh, let them choose donation to be able to save others who are waiting. Um, and uh, and that's, that's really um, the most important thing is to recognize that there are so many people waiting, almost 1,500 people in the state of South Carolina, um, over 100,000 uh, nationwide uh, waiting for some precious gift and a second chance at life, that, um, that that's what we're, we're here to offer, here to help, and here to support. 15,000 people right now waiting in South Carolina. Mm -hmm. 1,500. Yeah. 1500. Okay. Wow. 1500. Yeah. Um, I am, I imagine you've met some, or obviously you have met some of the people who receive those gifts. I, I can't imagine the uh, emotions that would go along with that of just gratitude. And I mean, just a wave of emotions, I would assume. Well, it, it's a great, it's a great observation and something that we're very proud of. And quite frankly, it's the thing that inspires us. Um, one of the things that inspires us is our ability to help a family bring something positive from a tragedy. Um, it also inspires us that we can help leave a legacy beyond that individual's life. And then when we meet a recipient, the most important thing we like to, to let the donor family know is every moment from the transplant on is a result of their donated gift and their loved one. Every sunset, every sunrise, every walk on the park, um, every moment with a loved one is a result of the donor and their gift and the hero that he or she was. And the altruistic grace of the family who said yes at the end of life to save others. And um, we see that every day and we see it all the time. And it's something that we like to communicate to the, the public to let them know how important this gift is and how valuable it is to those waiting for their second chance at life. Every moment is a result of that donor, their gift and the heroes they are. I'm just curious, Dave, do you have occasions where the recipient or recipient families ask to meet the donor families? Often, how, yes. We, how we, does we that often, work? Yep, so, so what'll usually happen is, is, and I'll let Christine talk about this a little bit also, is, is the, donor, the donor family may reach out to us and say, I'd love to meet my recipients, how does that work? Um, and we'll begin to, to put them through a process of making sure we start with something a little less personal, maybe a letter that doesn't have to have them meet right away and get to know each other a little bit. Because the interesting thing is the recipients are almost as, this is almost as difficult for the recipients as it is for the donor families because they know what had to happen for them to get their second chance at life. So we have a, a pretty involved process that allows the donors and the, and the recipients to meet um, when each are ready. Yeah. And, um, and that's exactly right. And what we really want to make sure um, both sides understand is that it is a personal journey. And um, though one side might be ready, the other might not. And so our teams work to ensure that, you know, they've started the correspondence process. So a donor family can write to the recipients or the recipients can write to the donor families. And then from there, they're able to build a relationship and establish whether 
whether or not both sides are ready. And once both sides are ready, then we're able to help facilitate that meeting if our families ask us to. And we're honored and humbled to be a part of any of those meetings because it really is the core of why we do what we do. So um, being able to bring those families together with their recipients and for the families to be able to see what their loved one's gift was able to do is is something that is truly um, inspirational. If someone, Dave, if someone listening today just wanted to talk more with someone on your team about this, or I don't know, have someone come speak to their rotary group or something, what, what would they do? How yeah, so we, we are, I mean, it is, it is the single most important thing for us to, to be doing is talking to our community, educating them, inspiring them, working with them. So um, there's a number of ways that they can, they can call, uh, we are sharing hope SC and they can reach out to Christine and her team and, <laughs> and ask and ask about opportunities to come talk to us about donation or have us come, come talk to their, their communities in any way, shape or form. Um, we are excited to talk to anyone, whether it's a group of two or a group of 2000, we'll show up and talk about this amazing gift and the life that it can give. And uh, we're available to do that anytime. So um, visit our website, sharinghopesc.org has a great um, ability to, to fill out a form and let us know if they have an in-service or would like some more information. We'll get right back to anybody um, that submits a question to us. Great. Well, when we post this, we'll be sure to include a link to your website so people can do that because I think it is a conversation starter, this conversation. Um, and we're grateful, Christine and Dave, for the work that you and your team are doing. Thank you for joining us today. Um, keep up the, the great work for families on both sides of, of that you're doing. And on behalf of Darrow, we wish you well. Thank you again for joining Thank us. Thank you so much for what you do. Thank, Thank you. you for having us. And for those of you who joined us today on Taking the Pulse, we hope you enjoyed this conversation, learned a little bit more, and would even, if you haven't already, considered giving the gift of life, of your life, forward. Uh, and we'll look forward to catching you next time right here on Taking the Pulse. <laughs>